Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Hearing set for light design by Joanna K. Zavallis. It has been one year since a fatal collision took the life of a young Belmont mother at the intersection of Lexington and Sycamore Streets. After hearing concerns from several Belmont residents at the Select Board and Traffic Advisory Committee meetings last September, the town now has a traffic light design for the intersection and held a public hearing at 7 p.m. on the 5th of September in the Select Board meeting room. On August the 28th uh, of 2019, Belmont resident Sashi Thanawala, who was 39, was the victim of a fatal accident while walking in a crosswalk at the intersection of Lexington and Sycamore Streets. Raymond O'Brien, 45, of Belmont, allegedly struck her while operating a 2015 Ford Transit van unlicensed. There have been nearly 100 accidents at the intersection of Lexington and Sycamore Streets since, since 2008, according to the Belmont Police. Thana Walla died on August the 30th as a result of her injuries, while Belmont children were returning to school this time last year. Thana Walla's young sons, four and seven, were going to their mother's funeral service. One year later, Thanawala's husband, Akish Patel, is raising his two sons on his own with support from a nanny, friends, and family. He said the nights are the toughest. He is doing his best to fill the gap left behind by his wife, who is always their son's cheerleader. Every night before the children go to bed, he has a tradition of showing them a picture of Thanawala on the phone and ask them to tell her about their day. I want to make sure the kids don't lose their memory of her, said Patel. When in doubt about how to handle a situation with the children, Patel has said he asks himself what would Sashi uh, do. The case is still pending and awaiting results of an accident reconstruction investigation by Massachusetts State Police, according to Patel. He wishes he could have answers about what happened and closure. A memorial of flowers remains at the site of the accident. Immediately following the accident that took uh, Thanawala's life, residents rallied for safer streets at Select Board and Traffic Advisory Committee, that's TAC meetings. On September 17, 2018, the Select Board approved the TAC's recommendation for Glenn Clancy, Director of Community Development, to engage a consultant to determine if the intersection of Lexington and Sycamore Streets warrants a full traffic light. According to Clancy, the intersection analysis was completed on November the 1st, 2018. There were recommendations for signage that was implemented, and an agreement for the sign design was executed in January of 2019. 
The preliminary design was completed in June of 2019. State, state Representative David Rogers was able to secure state earmark of $100,000 for the project to partially fund the installation, said Clancy. We are discussing other options to secure the remaining funds needed for installation, he said. There have been nearly 100 accidents at the intersection of Lexington and Sycamore Streets since 2008, according to the Belmont Police. Raised tables were added to reduce speed on Lexington Street in the late summer of 2016, according to Glenn Clancy, Director of Community Development. Prior to the traffic light design, additional signs were installed at the intersection to improve safety. According to Clancy, do not block intersection, larger raised intersection ahead, and all-way signs were placed under each stop sign at the intersection. Town Administrator Patrice Gavin, Garvin said, uh, said concerns of the residents was heard in September, which is why the TAC disbanded in, on October the 1st of 2019. The select board approved a nine-member transportation advisory committee. According to the charge, the role of the new Transportation Advisory Committee is to evaluate and make recommendations to the Select Board about the improvement of the safety of the public ways in Belmont for pedestrian, bicycling, and vehicle traffic. The committee is in the process of drafting a traffic calming uh, policy based on the results of a townwide traffic study, according to member Jesse Bennett. The policy will provide a plan to analyze streets for changes that will improve safety for all users. The final draft of the policy will be presented this fall. And now over to my colleague, Claire. Thank you, Bob. Walking, biking to Belmont High safer. Construction for the new middle and high school will make dropping off, picking up students more challenging by Joanna K. Zovellis. The 1,329 students and 209 staff members returning to Belmont High School on September 4th noticed several changes. As of August 30th, 100 students were registered to take the bus to school, according to Belmont Public Schools Business Operations and Transportation Department. Construction for the new Belmont Middle and High School will make dropping off or picking up students in grades 9 through 12 more challenging. The one-way driveway leading to Concord Ave will no longer be accessible to vehicles exiting the campus. The only way for vehicles to exit the campus will be from Hittinger, Baker, or Trowbridge streets. The only way for vehicles to enter the campus will be from Hittinger, and Underwood Streets. To encourage more walking and biking to school, many improvements have been made to Underwood, Hittinger, Trowbridge, and Baker Streets this summer. On Underwood Street, the sidewalk on the pond side of the street has been widened and repaved to accommodate both bicyclists and pedestrians as a shared path. The bike lane on the resident side of Underwood Street will be replaced by this shared path and parking will remain the same. On Hittinger Street, the sidewalks are being improved and the issues with the commercial property parking will be mitigated, according to Chairman of the High School Traffic Working Group, Jesse Bennett. Both bicyclists and pedestrians will be able to use this new sidewalk. 
On Trowbridge and Baker Streets, pedestrian access will be improved with new sidewalks, and on Trowbridge Street, parking will be restricted to one side of the street to improve traffic flow, said Bennett. However, due to ongoing construction to the road and sidewalk, Trowbridge may be periodically inaccessible for vehicular traffic. There is also a new walking cycling path along the pond on the side of the former Brendan Grant Field, accessible from Concord Ave at Orchard Street. There will be additional bike racks for bicycles to park. Walkers may access the campus from a path behind the school along the rear of the field house. Bennett hopes parents who need to drop off their students will take advantage of these new improved sidewalks and paths in the neighborhood surrounding the high school, which will help eliminate the need to drop students off in the parking lot at the new temporary entrance to the high school and school and the aud- on the auditorium side of the existing building. Now, over to Max. Thank you, Claire. BHS is $19 million over budget by Diane McLaughlin. The estimated cost for building the new Belmont Middle and High School has again exceeded its budget, requiring another round of cost-cutting measures in the, ne- in the coming weeks. The latest estimate has the project exceeding the construction budget by $19 million. With an overall budget of $295 million, the project allocates $237 million toward construction. Right now, the estimated construction costs stand at $256 million. The project must remain within budget to comply with the Massachusetts School Building Authority requirements. On November 6, 2018, 76% of voters approved the appropriation of a debt exclusion for $293,409,189 for the new grades 7 to 12 school. And in a special town meeting on November 12, 2018, an overwhelming majority passed the appropriation with no debate. At the Belmont High School Building Committee meeting in the Beach Street Center on Wednesday, August 21st, Chairman Bill Lavallo said it is not unusual in a project like this for cost estimates to exceed the budget. Quote, the estimate has come in higher than our budget, Lavallo said. Nothing new to, to us as we've seen this at every milestone and it requires some work by the building committee, unquote. As they did earlier this year during the design development phase of the project, Building committee members will meet and review ways to reduce construction costs. Back in April and May, the committee held several meetings to cut $25 million from the total cost. Changes were made throughout the building as a result, including to the facade, interior, and landscaping. Many Belmont residents were concerned at that time the committee would abandon plans for net zero efficiency by eliminating rooftop solar arrays from the new building for $3 million in savings. The committee in May opted to keep the solar arrays. <coughs> the committee has scheduled two meetings to review costs. One was held the other night, August 28th, and the second was held September 4th at 6.30 p.m. in the Homer Municipal Building Art Gallery. Lavallo told the Belmont Citizen Herald that the revised cost estimate was due to the MSBA on September 9th, and he will work with the MSBA on an extension if more time is needed. While the building committee works on the final design and reducing the costs, construction on the new building is underway. Work to install the pile foundation started in August and is expected to be noisy. Lavallo said this phase will likely continue into November. Over to you, Bob. 
Thank you, Max. Athletic Field Surface Still to be Decided by Diane McLaughlin. Along with giving students a new place to learn, the Belmont Middle and High School project will add a multi-use athletic field to the campus. But an important question remains. Will the field have an artificial or a natural grass surface? The Belmont High School Building Committee heard from supporters on each side of the question during its meeting on Wednesday, the 21st of August at the Beach Street Center. While artificial turf requires less annual maintenance and can be used more often throughout the sports seasons, some residents have concerns about whether the material used in turf causes cancer. The new multi-use field, referred to as the rugby field, will sit on the north side of the high school and east of Harris Field. The current plan calls for artificial turf, but Belmont, uh, Belmont Building Committee Chair Bill Lavello said people have pointed out the health concerns related to these fields. Both the School Building Committee and the Belmont School Committee have been looking into the safety of crumb rubber, the material used in the, uh, in the surface. Harris Field already has this type of artificial turf, as does the Wellington Field. Made from recycled tires, crumb rubber contains chemicals that have been linked to cancer, but questions remain about whether children who play on artificial turf have an increased cancer risk. In 2016, three federal agencies began collaborating uh, on the study into athletic fields made from crumb rubber. Part one of this study was released in July. The release date for part two has not been announced. The report looks for, looked at exposure to chemicals through the air and biological fluids, finding limited exposure. While many chemicals are present in the recycled tire crumb rubber, exposure may be limited based on what is released into the air or biological fluids. During the meeting, the school building committee heard from two members who have been researching field surfaces. Robert McLaughlin presented work he did on behalf of the school building committee. Kate Bowen, a member of both the school building committee and the school committee, is part of the school committee's fields working group with uh, Andrea Prestwick. Bowen presented their research. On topics related to total cost, frequent usage, injuries, heat stress, and environmental concerns, McLaughlin and Bowen reached different conclusions. While noting that cost should not be a factor when determining whether children's health or safety is in danger, McLaughlin found either that crumb rubber turf would offer a better option than natural grass or that these concerns should not be a deterrent to Belmont depending deciding upon an artificial turf. Bowen's report found advantages to using organically managed natural grass surfaces, pointing to examples of improved methods for constructing and maintaining these fields. Both, McL both McLaughlin and Bowen referenced Mount Sinai Children's Environmental Health Center, which has recommended a moratorium on artificial turf made from crumb rubber because of the need for further study and the Toxics Use Reduction Institute at the University of Massachusetts Lowell, which recommends organically managed natural grass instead of artificial turf for environmental health reasons. 
McLaughlin also reviewed July's federal study and about 15 other health studies involving artificial turf made from crumb rubber. He found that most indicate there is negligible cancer risks from these fields. His report also reviewed newer alternatives to crumb rubber, though McLaughlin noted that Belmont would be an early adopter if it chose these materials which have not been studied the way crumb rubber has. Bowen included the perspective of Richard Clapp, a professor emeritus at Boston University School of Public Health and the former director of the Massachusetts Cancer Registry. Clapp said existing studies are risk assessments rather than, that rather than environmental studies, which take years to complete. He recommended using alternatives to crumb rubber. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Nomads No More. Concord Youth Theater is set to move to a permanent location in West Concord by Robert Fucci. The old Rose Hawthorne Building, Emerson Umbrella, Baker Avenue, Beharrell Street. When it comes to past locations, Concord Youth Theater has had its share. But come October, the 43-year-old company will finally have a permanent place to call home. According to Artistic Director Lisa Evans, who joined in 1998, CYT is set to relocate to an old church building on Church Street in West Concord. And with the move comes more space, more programming opportunities, and more workshops. I'm beside myself. We're giddy, Evans said from CYT's current location at 40 Beharrell Street. We can't even believe it's happening. The process to get to the permanent home at 53 Church Street has been lengthy. After the landlord at the old Baker Avenue location did not extend the lease last year, CYT moved to Beharrell Street for a second time in its history in February. When the old church building became available over a year ago, a purchase and sales agreement was signed by an unnamed benefactor who is given residency to CYT. That was followed by numerous meetings with the town's planning and zoning boards. Renovations began about four months ago and included the installation of a sprinkler system, several new bathrooms that are handicap accessible, and an HVAC system. Wood, rod, and mold were also remedied, and there has been an upgrade to the electrical system and plumbing. Benefits for Young Families CYT's student population comes from more than a dozen communities, including Maynard, Sudbury, Carlisle, Acton, Boxborough, Framingham, Wayland, Lexington, Lincoln, Stowe, Westford, Bedford, Belmont, and Arlington, among others. In the past, Evans said she's had to turn people away due to lack of space. But with the Church Street location, space will be doubled, allowing CYT to grow its student base. They want to be here, she said. The kids love the arts. School doesn't always offer a robust art program, and that's because of a lack of funding. I get it. And so we're an alternative when it's lacking in public schools. Evans said CYT will be able to offer twice as many programs as in the past, including performance arts, music, dance, and vocal, and offer state-of-the-art equipment. 
Plus, she wants to make the space open to the community as well. It's exciting because it's a center for the arts. Evans said, We want to open the doors for an opportunity for people to use it for rental purposes or any artistic endeavor that works with our schedule. Evans said she also sees more workshops in the future, allowing kids who may not act an opportunity to join the arts in other disciplines, such as costume design, makeup design, technical theater, props, and set building. Now, over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Final touches put on New Minuteman Tech by Ross Christian Tiello. Since the early 1970s, Minuteman Career and Technical High School in Lincoln has been educating students from many nearby towns in various trades and practices. However, in recent years, the school's main building struggled to keep up with the evolving need of a modern-day vocational school, Superintendent Ed Buquillian said. Now, a new Minuteman Tech is set to open in the fall, culminating over a decade's worth of work. Construction of the school building is nearly complete, and administrative staff has already moved in, Buquillian said. The final touches are being applied outside and in as workers landscape the grounds, install furniture in the student union, and clean equipment in the culinary arts kitchen. Surreal is the best word I've come up with to describe it. It's like moving into a new house. It's exciting, but it's also a little anxiety-producing, Buquillan said. When the original Minuteman Tech was being developed in the late 1960s, the idea of a vocational school was much more limited than it is today. At the time, vocational schools centered wholly on trades such as carpentry and plumbing. Now students attending vocational schools are looking for a more rounded education and want access to newer options like robotics or horticulture. Back in the 1960s, the idea of a vocational school was fairly basic and simple. Trades are still the heart and soul of what we do, but the old building couldn't accommodate the educational program plan we have, Buquillan said. Also, a new school was needed because the original building had deteriorated beyond practical repair. According to Buquillan, it would have cost more to renovate and update the old school than to build a new one. The budget for the new school is about $145 million. While students attend their first day of classes on September 3rd, there will still be work to do. The total project will not be completed for about another year as the old building will be demolished and replaced by athletic fields. The building was designed around an enrollment capacity of 628 students. Buquillan said, and there is a waiting list already. The old building could accommodate about a thousand students, he added. Buquillan said he fought for something that could fit more students, but could only get a smaller capacity approved by the Massachusetts School Building Authority and the 16 towns that had a say in the initial design. It was way too difficult and it shouldn't be that hard to build a school that is needed, he said. The building design will reflect the school's academy model, a method that focuses on increasing integration between academic and vocational classes. The school is divided into two halves. One focuses on trades and the other on life sciences and human services. The heart of the building is a student area located just beyond the front doors that conjoins the two academies and encourages student collaboration. There will be many collaborative learning spaces spread throughout the building where students can work together on joint projects intended to mix vocational and academic curricula, Buquillan said. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Networking group to launch in Belmont. 
Belmont residents are invited to participate in a new free job networking group especially designed for individuals age 50 and older. The group is geared to those unemployed, underemployed, unhappily employed, returning to the workforce after a gap, retired or seeking a new career direction. Those looking for full or part-time work are welcome. Each week we'll focus on a new topic, including assessing skills, developing a job search plan, revising resumes, creating a LinkedIn profile, interviewing, and networking. In addition to providing a supportive environment, the sessions will offer materials, strategies, techniques, and other resources which can accelerate the often tedious and discouraging job search. Issues of ageism will be integrated into each session to provide an understanding of the age discrimination often experienced in the job search process. The group will meet from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. on the first and third Tuesday of each month. The following are the dates for September, September 17. For October, that will be the 1st and the 15th. For November, it will be November 5th and the 19th. And in December, it will be December 3rd and December 17th. Attendees should arrive at 1 p.m. to sign in for informal networking and a one-on-one -on -one speed coaching with group facilitator and career coach Tom Patria. Registration is required. This program is funded by the Office of Elder Affairs with support from the Massachusetts Councils on Aging. For further information, call 617-993-2983. That number again is 617-993-2983. 2983. And now over to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Take a tour of Wellington Hill Station. The Belmont Historical Society is hosting an open house at the Wellington Hill Station, the Little Yellow Gazebo Landmark, located at 2 Common Street in Belmont, 2 to 4 p.m. on Sunday, September 15. The tour includes a look inside the building a short presentation highlighting its different uses, a display of photographs and artifacts, and a variety of new Belmont-themed products for sale. Refreshments will also be served. Now, here's Max. Thank you, Claire. Waverly Place Walking Group visits Belmont Apiary, submitted by Ottavio Forte. Even with 93-degree heat and plenty of humidity, this group from Waverly Place does not miss its monthly stroll around town. This time they chose to visit the Belmont Apiary and Sculpture Garden on Wind Street. Waverly Place, located at 1010 Pleasant Street next to the Star Market, is a community support program associated with McLean Hospital. After a half-hour walk along Pleasant Street, the group arrived at, dest at its destination where Sculptor Apiary apiarist, Ottavio Forte was waiting for them with adequate coolants for all. In a sweaty walk around the garden, the guests reviewed all the sculptures, then they were treated to ice cream and cold watermelon. For the event, the host completed two new sculptures. There was not much discussion about the bees, but the group did taste this year's delicious honey harvest. The group was unanimous in stating that the honey, derived exclusively from flowers in Belmont, was indeed the best honey in Belmont. Waverly Place members are assisted in their needs and goals by the peer specialists and a vocational specialist. 
The members are sometimes referred by McLean providers, other health providers in the area, and also self-referrals are welcomed. Group activities include board games, art, writing, music, gardening, cooking, spirituality, recovery, and interpersonal skills. Some members also focus on fitness, such as yoga, meditation, stretching, group walks, and trips to the gym. Weekly outings include visits to various local establishments, such as coffee shops, stores, farms, museums, art stores, and restaurants. Members are also supported in their vocational pursuits by facilitating trips to job fairs, career centers, and local businesses. More information on Waverly Place is provided by the Waverly Place direct line at 617-484-0193. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.